Hello and good morning, everybody. I have no idea why I just broke out in song, but it felt right. So I did it. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. Wow, we had a lot of sports going on. I actually feel like playoff football, I mean, I think it resonates with everybody more. It's far more exciting. There's like so many stakes on the line. But the difference between regular season football and playoff football is I actually watch, generally speaking, the entirety of games. Like when it comes to the regular season, I'm a red zone gal. Like I've got red zone primarily on because there's too many games to keep up with. So you just focus in on the scoring plays, the red zone plays. Whereas in playoff football, there's only one game at a time. So you have one game that you need to focus on. And they're, I mean, at least this weekend, very good games. Uh, I was very highly entertained. Not to mention, uh, there was double action going on Saturday night. We had one of the playoff games uh, coinciding with UFC 297. So I was in a little bit of a conundrum because I wasn't able to watch both at the same time. So I did choose uh, to watch the game, and then I watched as much of uh, UFC as I could. Then I had to go back Sunday, watch the rest of UFC 297, because unfortunately, I'm at the point in my life where I can't stay up till 1.30. Like, it just doesn't happen for me. I try, but I pass out on the couch. But let's start with UFC 297, because when I went back on Sunday to review and rewatch what I had missed upon falling asleep, passing out on the couch, I was a little bit disappointed because I made a huge deal last week about wanting Sean Strickland to win. And you all probably are well aware by now, he did not. He is no longer the UFC middleweight champion. He lost to Dreykus Duplessis. And the good news, and this is what I want out of any game, any fight, regardless of who ultimately becomes the winner, I want an entertaining show. That's really all I truly want. And this fight was an absolute banger. It was five rounds. It ultimately did come down to decision. Strickland won the first two rounds. DDP got the second two rounds. And ultimately, Duplessis also won the fifth round, which did cause a little bit of a controversy. Uh, We're gonna get to that in just a couple of seconds. But both of the guys' faces were absolutely gnarly. Like, they were both tore up. They were swollen. They were bruised. They were beaten. So you know it was a good fight. And Strickland, specifically, he had a nasty cut up by his eye. It was from a big right hand from DDP. And after the fight, Strickland blamed his loss, not on this cut, but a headbutt saying, quote, well, F. (laughs) Man, that headbutt really made it difficult to see, but I thought we got the job done, blood and all. On to the next one. Thanks, everybody who supported me. And one thing I will say about Strickland, we can stop right here. Uh, One thing I will say about Strickland, he was very quick to give props to his opponent. I mean, listen, Strickland, just as badly as any other competitor, he wants to win. It's the most important thing. But he said before the fight even took place, He was very convicted about it. He's like, we are going to try and end it with each other inside the octagon. And they absolutely did. Neither fighter held back. Like I said, absolute banger. Strickland recognized that, which, you know, coming off very immediately of a loss, you've got to respect that he was so quick to throw credit in his opponent's way. But let's talk about what happened after the fight also in regards to that fifth round that I mentioned right off the top of the show. Dana White, as you know, always answers questions after each and every pay-per-view, after every 
really fight night in general. And he was asked who he thought had won the fight, and he agreed Strickland won the first two. DDP won the second two. That was in line with the judges, but said that in his own mind, he thought Strickland had won the fifth round and was expecting his hand to be raised at the end of the fight. And these comments, of course, did not set well with Duplessis. Listen to this. Just so for the record, is there some people that think I lost the fight? Uh, Dana said it. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a response for you. Well, damn. Uh, except he didn't say damn, which is why we bleeped it out. Did you see his face? I mean, he looked like a gargoyle. And that's how Strickland looked, too. They both look absolutely beat up. Uh, very, I won't say very rarely, but usually you don't get both guys who, who look that way after a fight. But um, listen, uh, that's, a, that's a good championship bout for you. Uh, finally, Strickland, as we know, not a guy to hold back. Uh, his post-fight interview in the Octagon, also just completely full of beeps. Uh, very entertaining, as he always is. Uh, before the fight took place, he made some controversial remarks about the LGBTQ community. He was never scolded. I said, when somebody at work came to me and said, do you think Dana's gonna say anything? I said, absolutely not. Dana will never stand in the way of a fighter saying what he believes or what he thinks. But after the fight, there was a reporter who clearly doesn't realize that still, after Dana proving time and time again that he is not one to censor anything that his fighters say. And the reporter asked Dana about the leash, the long leash that he keeps his fighters on. And Dana, as usual, had the perfect response for this baiting reporter. Listen. About like, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about you know what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is there... I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you... A leash? I'm... St like Free speech. When... Control what people say? Going to tell people what to believe? Going to tell people... I don't f tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes. On any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. You just, that's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want, and they can believe whatever they want. I love that. He's like, I'm just going to move on. And Dana's like, yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, love Dana. Best boss ever. I mean, come on. The guy literally gives no Fs. Uh, it's incredible. Um, let's bring in another guy now. Let's get some reaction because we want to get in UFC plus everything else we saw this weekend. So David Hookstead, Outkin contributor, now joining the program. David, hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Charlie. I'm, I'm, I'm a little exhausted from the Lions game yesterday, so my eyes were a little puffy. I didn't get a ton of sleep, but that's okay. We're here and ready to roll. Your eyes are a little puffy. Oh, because you stayed up to watch the game? Well, I stayed up to watch uh, the Lions game, and then obviously we had the Chiefs game, so I don't get a lot of sleep. Oh, I didn't get I'm my sorry. Yeah, rest. duh. The Chiefs-Bills was last. I didn't get my beauty rest, so I have to apologize to the audience, not looking maybe as well as I could have. But, hey, we're going to push through the adversity. Well, it's interesting because I actually stayed up to watch the games, and I look great this morning. Well. That's true. You're certainly better looking than I am, Charlie. I don't think the fans will disagree with that one. 
Oh, it's so funny. Okay, before we get into the NFL games, because obviously we have a lot to talk about there, let's talk UFC 297. I don't know if you got a chance to catch that with all of the other sports happening this weekend. Uh, but a complete banger of a fight. Uh, what did you think of the outcome? Well, the thing is, if you're going to take the belt away from a champion, and this is what Dana White was getting at, I think you really have to take it away from him, right? Like, he better be knocked out. He better be seriously hurt on the ground. And to me, that fight was about as close to a draw as you can possibly get. I actually yeah. thought Strickland, frankly, won. So he's the reigning champion. I thought the belt should have stayed with him. But to your point, I mean, what an absolute banger. It was bloody. It was violent. You had two big personalities. And anything Str Sean Strickland is involved in is going to be awesome. It's just the nature of the game. He's a very entertaining guy. I wish, he, I wish he'd retain the belt, but he'll come back stronger than ever. Absolutely. Totally agree with you there. Okay, so talking about entertaining, anything Sean Strickland says and does naturally attracts eyeballs, including the things that he says. We remember his comments that he made prior to the fight. Uh, I won't say attacking the LGBT community. I'm going to say voicing his beliefs as it concerns the LGBT community and what's been going on lately. And the fact that there was a completely, you know, idiotic reporter who decided to frame a question in the way that he did and deserve the answer that he got. But after the fight, how Dana uh, was so quick to snap at that reporter when he referred to fighters being on a long leash, basically saying Dana's like giving them a lot of leeway. And Dana's like, no, it has nothing to do with leeway. There's no conversation being had about what they can say, what they can't say. It's called free speech. Have you heard of it? Clearly, the reporter had not. Uh, what was your reaction to Dana's Dana's quip right there? Well, I thought it was awesome. We covered it at OutKick. I could not be happier with what he did. And I think Americans are kind of getting a look at Canada with this UFC 297. And a lot of people might think Canada <laughs> is this country that's pretty similar to America. And, you know, they look similar. They eat similar food. But they don't have freedom like we have down here. There's no freedom of speech in Canada. If you protest, we know this, the government will freeze your bank accounts. They did it to people protesting the vaccine mandates, the trucker uh, the fiasco, if you will. There's no freedom of speech up there. They demand, there are people in Canada that th demand the government shut you down. It is not a great country. It is nothing like the United States. People are learning that. And here's something I would say. You know what everyone in Canada who's talented, good-looking, and has anything going for them all have in common? They're already here in America. They left Canada. They came to the USA because it's a much better country. I want nothing to do with the government of Trudeau. Neither does Dana White. Neither does Sean Strickland. He's lucky he got out of the country without getting arrested. Yeah, and we heard the chants that were emanating through the arena when UFC 297 began, and that was F Trudeau. So clearly... People are hearing what Strickland is saying. They're agreeing with it. And now they are just very publicly airing their grievances uh, in one of the best fashions possible. So that was cool to see. Um, Sean Strickland's fantastic. Um, I want nothing but good things for him. And obviously, uh, the UFC is, is doing something completely right. I mean, they're the only real sports organization that allows their athletes to say and do absolutely whatever they want without consequence. So... Very cool to see. Obviously, the NFL does not do that. NFL players, I will say, are kept on a leash of sorts in terms to what they say and can do, unless it's making Pfizer commercials. In that, in that regard, you have no leash. Make all the Pfizer commercials that you want, Travis Kelsey and whoever else. Uh, but speaking of Travis Kelsey, let's first start with the last game of the weekend. Chiefs, Bills, uh, two words for you, David, that 
no Bills fan ever hoped they would hear again, and unfortunately they did last night, and that was wide right. Wide right. Yeah, no key. Well, real quick, on the Bills and the Chiefs thing, Taylor Swift, we were covering this at OutKick this morning. Fans have had enough of Taylor Swift in the Kansas City Chiefs. The Baltimore Ravens have have turned into America's team. They've turned into America's team. If you (laughs) go on Twitter, if you go on Twitter, the number one trending thing this morning was Taylor Swift. It wasn't people congratulating her. It was sports fans, Clay, OutKick people, other people. They're done with the Chiefs. I'm done with the Chiefs. I don't know if you're done with the Chiefs. But everyone wanted to see the Bills win that game. It did not happen. The Baltimore Ravens, Charlie, they are America's last line of defense from stopping Taylor Swift from getting to the Super Bowl. I I pray. I pray. Honestly, same. uh, I do not dislike Taylor Swift. I literally want the best for her. I want the best for her and Travis Kelsey. Whatever ends up happening, I am thrilled for them. I will send them an engagement gift. But yes, as a football fan, it is getting very obnoxious when every single storyline, ultimately, that they make a priority to is wrapped around this relationship. Like, what is Taylor Swift wearing coming in with the, you know, custom outfits and every single cutaway when Travis Kelsey does something now? Every single time, it's up to the suite to see Taylor Swift. And it is. It's just getting annoying. And people at this point, if you are a real sports fan, like a real NFL fan, like this is get, this is Christmas time. We are approaching Christmas time in the NFL, and that would be the Super Bowl. Like people want to focus on the game. They've been waiting all season for this. So at this point, no one wants to see Taylor Swift on their screens. They want to see the players. They want to see what's happening on the sidelines. They want to see the reactions of their teammates. And instead, all we keep seeing is Taylor Swift. So, yes, um, I was actually laughing because when Clay tweeted that last night about the Taylor Swift thing, I was, I think I looked at his tweet something like 30 minutes after it posted, and the traction, I mean, the amount of people that were retweeting and liking was maybe a record-setting number for Clay. I'm not sure, but it, it was really, really impressive. It's great to see Americans rally. We we need unity in this country. And if that means we have to unify. <laughs> finally, we have some somebody, unity. <laughs> we finally have some unity. So I will be cheering for the Ravens, even though it's probably better for the Lions if the Ravens don't win. I am not going to tolerate a Super Bowl that's Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift dominated. I'm just not going to do it, Charlie. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I also think that um, the Chiefs probably... In terms of the Bills or the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are easily more defeatable for the Ravens than the Bills. So there's one thing. I mean, I, I did want the Bills to win. I did because I said it last week, coming from a selfish place, I've been to two Super Bowls before. At least, you know, where I've been uh, actually in the stadium for a game. And they both have featured Chiefs victories. So I just, I'm a Chiefs fan. I really do like the Chiefs. I even lived in Kansas City. But just for the sake of like, Switching it up, I don't want the Chiefs to be there. That's my only reason. Other than that, I have nothing against the Chiefs, other than, of course, like we just mentioned, the whole saga with uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. But that's without me coming a doubt. From a selfish you you and I are on the same page, same page. Um, okay, so let's also talk about, I think it, it's the Lions, right? That you have a family member that's absolutely obsessed with. Okay, I saw your tweet about this last night, and I, you know, I had, I had a small teardrop come out of the corner of my eye, David. Tell us the story 
about your family member in the Lions? Well, I'm a huge Lions fan. My my mom's side of the family is from Michigan. So my grandfather, my uncle, I was raised oh, in the Lions. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So so I'm a huge Lions fan. But yeah, my grandfather is a huge Lions fan, huge Michigan fan. He's been battling cancer off and on. It's it's you know, he's still here. He's actually doing quite well. He's turned the corner. He's he's winning the fight without any Aww, question whatsoever. Yay. But he's fresh off watching Michigan win a national title, the school he loves dearly. And now he's watching his Detroit Lions for the first time in 30 plus years make a playoff run. First time in my life I saw them win a playoff game was last weekend. I have never seen them get this far in my life. It's very emotional for me. And I was with a bunch of Lions fans last night uh, watching the game at a place we go to called Dirty Water. And I'll tell you. There was not too many dry eyes. We were all younger fans, and it, it feels like we are witnessing history. And, you know, it, it's hard to put into words when you experience something for the first time, but I'm happy for my grandfather. I'm happy for all those Lions fans, and I'm very happy for myself as well. But it just feels like we're in the midst of something very special. We are in the midst of something very special, and I'm not even like a Michigan or Detroit fan in general. I mean, this is just so cool. I mean, the last time the... Uh, Lions even went to the playoffs was the early 90s. Uh, so this is something that most younger sports fan, like you mentioned, have never seen in their lifetimes. Like this is completely new. And even for the older fans who haven't gotten to taste victory for such a long time, this is just something so cool. And just from a sports perspective, you know, from from my background, a, a journalist perspective, the storyline with Jared Goff, it it's just so, so interesting. I mean, he was, I mean, I'm not going to say he was sent out to pasture. It's nowhere, going nowhere in the NFL is being sent out to pasture. You're still an NFL player making millions of dollars, right? It's, it's still a great gig, regardless of what city you're in, regardless of their record. But I love the story of Jared Goff leaving LA when he's a California guy. Like this is, you know, he went, he went to school at California. He, he grew up there. It's, he grew up in California, right? Yeah, he did. He played at Cal, um, yeah. You know, so he's a California guy. So this is like him living his dream going to play for the Rams. And then it's like, nope, sorry, never mind. You're not good enough for us. They sent him to Detroit, which by the, you know, at that point, they had the most abysmal of records for years ongoing. And now to see him just come into his own, lead the team into the playoffs, now going into the championship round, and, and they just beat the Rams last weekend, which you, you can't get a much better chapter than that in in terms of the entire story and a phenomenal game phenomenal performance by Jared Goff but also then you know across the way you see Baker Mayfield who unfortunately ended the season on an interception which we could all say oh well figures right but you can't look at it that way because he had such a transformation this season I was so happy to see Baker Mayfield perform at the level that he did it was so cool uh, both of these guys' first-round draft kit picks, one 2016, one 2018. Uh, so it was just a really awesome game. Uh, but ultimately, I'm happy for the Lions. And I will say, I do want the Lions to make it to the Super Bowl. That, for me, would be cool because I am going to the game. I would love to see the Lions get to the Super Bowl. I'd love to see them win the Super Bowl uh, because, like we just mentioned, what a story that would be. Oh, if they win the Super Bowl, Charlie, and if they make the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to have a tough conversation with my girlfriend because it's about, about 11 grand in total expenses <laughs> for me to get there. But look, sometimes you got to bite the bullet. But I'll tell you this right now, the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl. You won't see me for two, maybe three weeks because I will be on a celebration bender, unlike anything this country has seen since the day World War II ended. Uh, I love it. And I actually, if you're not on a bender, I will be disappointed. Like I, 
I hope that things get really dark, like Hunter Biden dark for you. No, I'm just joking. That would be a lot. Uh, your girlfriend wouldn't like that. <laughs> um, but actually, it was funny. My makeup artist, when I was getting my makeup done this weekend, she's a Detroit woman. And she told me, she's like, hey, just FYI, excuse me, heads up, um, I will not be here the day after Super Bowl if the Lions go. Like, I just, so you'll have to make other arrangements uh, because I will be in Michigan acting a damn fool. And I'm like, good, good. I want this for all of you Lions fans. I want this for all you Detroit fans, Michigan. I don't, I don't care. Even if you've only stepped foot in the state of Michigan for one day in your life, I want this for you. Um, so I, I won't be here, obviously, the day after the Super Bowl anyway. So I don't need to get my makeup done that day, which works out for all of us. Um, okay, finally, let's take a look at the, uh, I guess, the last good game of the weekend. We won't even <clears throat> get into the through the Ravens game because that was a complete blowout. But uh, Packers, Niners, that was close. I mean, for a second there, I thought we were, we were going to see the Packers advance, which, again, I wouldn't be mad at. All I want is a competitive Super Bowl. So if teams plan to bring it and it's going to be a good game, I'm totally down with anybody who's in. But the Packers, obviously, if we're talking stories, would have been a really cool one because same with them. Haven't been in this position for a long time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers now out of the way. Jordan Love <clears throat> at the helm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's been playing phenomenal. So uh, if it wasn't for that last minute, that Christian McCaffrey touchdown, that rushing touchdown, we might have seen the Packers advancing instead of the Niners. And that would have been incredible too. And and I know Packers fans. I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up around Packers fans, and I know they're crushed. I know they're they're making jokes about Jordan Love went full Brett Favre with a cross the body throw <clears throat> into you know tight coverage and ends it there. Yeah, that was but not look, smart. The, pa- the Packers have a lot to be optimistic about. Jordan Love is a young quarterback. It looks like they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and it looks like they hit the third time in a row on another great QB prospect. They went on the road. That was a winnable game. They could have beaten the 49ers. It was all there for them right after they blew out the Cowboys. There is a lot to be optimistic about, but I will say this. If Green Bay had rolled into Detroit for an NFC championship game, I can't even imagine the scene that would have been. We came so close to getting that. That would have been awesome. It would have been awesome, but instead... The 49ers will die on the field next week when Dan Campbell and the Lions travel to San Francisco at Levi Stadium. I hate to do it to them. The 49ers season is ending next week, but it was nice that they got that nice little old win over the Packers. I hope they enjoy it. You know what else? How cool of a last name is Love? Yeah, I mean, it's a great, Jordan Love is, is a great QB name in general. But yeah, Love, I mean, it, we need more optimism in this world. We need more love in this world. And you hear the announcers we say it need, over and over again. We need again. Jordan Love... Yeah, we need Jordan Love and Kevin Love and I don't know any other loves off the top of my head, but we need them to have a lot of babies, not lots of male babies, because it would be cool if like suddenly Love just became like the number one last name and everybody's last name was Love. I wonder if it would make a difference in uh, terms of like optimism in this country. But it would be funny. It would be <laughs> funny for sure. Um, okay, let's talk about making a difference. Uh, and that's the fact that Sports Illustrated decided that they have been making lots of wrong decisions. And now they are just completely cracking the whip, firing the staff at Sports Illustrated. I mean, there was a major layoffs. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but was everybody, I mean, ultimately, will everybody that's currently under the Sports Illustrated roof be let go? 
I, so the reporting is some people are going to be let go immediately. And then the union employees, I believe are going right. to be kind of filtered out over a three month period. It's but like I waves. do believe that the plan is everyone is eventually going to go. And the, I mean, look, Sports okay. Illustrated used to be an iconic, iconic brand, right? Everyone mm. knew what it was. You had the covers, you had the miracle on ice on the cover. You had the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. And then what happened? We went from putting hot models in skimpy bikinis and selling those magazines like hotcakes to putting transgender people and obese women on the covers, and no one wanted them anymore. Yeah. And now the company's going bankrupt. Is this rocket science? I think not. Men are relatively simple when it comes to magazine covers. Slap on a really good-looking model, put her in a bikini, and you'll sell them. You'll sell more than you can print. You put a transgender person on there, you put a guy on there in a swimsuit, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. And furthermore, who wants to see someone 300 pounds overweight in a swimsuit? You know, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not the most physically fit guy in the world. When I go to the beach, I don't expect people to take photos of me in a swimsuit and try to sell it as some idea of what sexy beauty is. I get that. Why are we promoting unhealthy standards in this country? You can't walk down the street without seeing fat people everywhere. And Sports Illustrated is like, this is awesome. We should celebrate obesity. It's It makes no sense. Well, to that's me. happening everywhere, David. I mean, they just had FatCon, uh, which was in Seattle, duh, um, the other week. And it was just like completely celebrating. A Listen, at the end of the day, if you want to be fat, go be fat. All right. I'm not going to stand in your way of you eating Twinkies and Ding Dongs all day. That is your decision, your prerogative, by all means. But let's not promote this behavior as being healthy uh, to like a, a larger audience. I mean, this is horribly dangerous. Uh, it leads to all types of horrible diseases and illnesses. Uh, not to mention, I'm sorry, like you just said, it's just not attractive. Like, if you want to live that lifestyle, fine. But then you can't expect the premier, you know, sports magazine, it, keyword sports, all right? Sports means you're healthy. You're playing sports. You're active. You're burning calories. You're not consuming them, you know, on a, a far greater scale than than you're cutting them. Uh, you can't expect to be on the on the front cover of the magazine and you can't expect other people then to be upset when these fat people aren't on the front cover of a magazine. It does not make sense. Uh, and then in line with the transgender person, same thing. Like this is a swimsuit. It is, it is a magazine that traditionally was geared towards men, straight men who were into hot women who were in bathing suits. I mean, and especially the swimsuit edition, this was like the iconic edition where every year you'd get excited, like which which hot babe is going to end up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Then, you know, they decided, oh, we don't just want one model because that's not fair, right? Everyone, we deserve more opportunities to be given to more. Then they started with the multiple covers, right? Oh, you could be on this cover. Oh, we have another model on this cover. Fine. Then we got away from just it being ultra exclusive, one hot babe, to then like a few hot babes, to now like a couple hot babes, a man, and a fat person. <laughs> so it makes total sense why they need to just clean house, hopefully start from scratch. I hope Sports Illustrated swimsuit isn't going away. I hope Sports Illustrated in general figures it out. Because remember, they also had that weird AI debacle a few weeks ago where they were putting out information and it turns out they were AI authors and they were called out for it. And then they just, these authors like disappeared. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of unfortunate things happening to Sports Illustrated. But I'm happy that they you know, have understood the terminology, go woke, go broke, and are now finally having to do something about it.
Hey, let's just let's just start the mantra. Bring back hot women. Make hot women great again. That's what we should all be chanting. Yeah, Make hot please. women great again. Slap them on the cover. Make billions. This doesn't have to be hard. And if I have to do it myself, maybe we'll get an Outkick swimsuit magazine. Maybe we just fill the void. Hello. We just fill the void. David, do you not? You know that I was on Maxim's cover the last couple of months. Where I'm still on Maxim's cover because as far as I know, they haven't released. Um, listen, if Sports Illustrated wants to rebrand and they want to bring it back, I personally offer to be on the cover this year. I don't even care if I'm one of several. I will be on the cover happily of Sports Illustrated this year. If they want to get it together, all women, all hot babes, I'm there. And I, and I will diet for you. I will stop eating. I will stop eating my nightly ice cream sandwich if you want to put me on the cover. And in the spirit of, of following through on this commitment, I vow to not be on the cover of a swimsuit issue because guys don't belong <laughs> on them. So you can be on the cover. I'll sit it out. We'll get back to normal. We'll get back to women. We'll make hot women great again. <laughs> I appreciate you sitting out on this one. I, you know, no it's very noble of you. So, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, I know that you had something to say about this. Uh, Caitlin Clark, in a little bit of a, what's the word? A little bit of a frenzy uh, this weekend because she had uh, some fans storming the court after the Iowa's lost to the Buckeyes. I mean, this was a massive game. And when it came down to the last second, the Buckeyes won. You can see all of the fans just completely storm the court. Obviously, Iowa's team still on the floor, uh, getting caught up in, in the frenzy here. Caitlin Clark came off of a fantastic game. She had scored 45 points herself, so she had nothing to be ashamed of. But obviously, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. One, you know, you just had a tremendous game. Your team just lost a massive showdown against a rival. The last thing you want is to be confronted by all the fans. And then the really last thing you want is to be bumped in pretty harshly by one of those fans and kind of like knocked off your feet a little bit. Uh, so she was she was just not having it. And you came through with the opinion, what, that you don't believe that these types of things should be happening in the first place. Into which, yeah, I, you know, I, Dan Krzyzewski or not. Did I say that right? It's not Krzyzewski. That's that's, that's um, the Duke coach. That's the Duke basketball players. Lot. Wait, yeah, Mike, but how do you... Mike, how do you how do you say his last name? How do you say Zach's last name? Him, I just think they call him Dan. Dan Z. It's Dan, a little sorry. hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, so I I think it's Zach Shesky, but don't quote me on that. Wait, so it's yeah, that's wait. I did this when he was on the show. I called him Zach because it's Jack Sef, J Jack Shevsky. <laughs> okay, I can't say that word. Well, just call him Dan Z. Just Dan call Z. him Dan Z. There you go. Okay, Dan Z. And you had like a little bit of a like difference in opinion here. So lay it out for me. Well, look, Charlie, I'm an American. Uh, I'm a rather successful 31 year old American. <laughs> this is the country that built nuclear weapons. We went to the moon. We won two world wars. Uh, we've invented every great medicine, blue jeans. It, w this country, all this country does is win. <laughs> and when jeans. I see these people storm courts beating, I mean, Ohio State was ranked. Do you not have any respect for yourself? Why are you acting like this is a miraculous accomplishment? Did you not think you were going to win the game? If you don't think you're going to win the game, don't even bother showing up to play it, period. All these people, they're like, well, it's just college kids having fun. Got to let kids have fun. 
You know what 19 and 20 year olds were doing in 1944? They were storming the beaches of Normandy. That's something we should be celebrating. Unless you beat the number one team in America <laughs> or you win a championship, keep your damn feet off the court. Act with a little greatness. Raise your expectations. I went to Wisconsin when we went to back-to-back -back Final Fours, including a national title game. We didn't storm the court. We knew we were going to win. We expected to win. You don't celebrate things like that that aren't massive accomplishments. It's, a, it's an erosion of American exceptionalism is what it is. We're teaching kids, oh, you want to have a good time? Celebrate whatever you want. You're a ranked team. You beat another ranked team. Party like it's the Super Bowl. It's beyond me. I mean this, and, I, and you can clip this and, and post it and save it. If I have a son and he storms the court of a college athletic event, I will cut off his financial aid immediately. He will not see one more penny because I will not raise. Wow, a loser that's really of a harsh. I will not raise a loser of a child, Charlie. And when you storm a court, Penn State stormed the court against a Wisconsin team that wasn't even in the top 10. Is this the school for the blind, deaf, and dumb? What are yeah, we doing okay, here? Okay. <laughs> No, I don't believe it's I don't believe that they, you know, fall under that category. But yes, I uh, I think there's a time and a place. Um, I'm also like Dan Z. I'm on I'm on his side just a little bit in terms of like, you know, there's a, you know, a fanfare. You're excited. But I also believe that a lot of people just do it because like everyone else is doing it right. Like, for example, and I'll just I'll just make this an opinion. Maybe this isn't quite the best like comparison. Um you know when people are at an event and you just constantly stand to applaud and you get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to stand anymore, but I feel like I have to because everyone else is doing it. This is like how yeah. I would like align these two things. Not everyone wants to storm the court. There's probably a very few amount of people that start the storming of the court. And those are probably the blind, deaf and dumb students that you're, you know, <laughs> this is a super politically incorrect. It's fine uh, that you're referring to. But then everyone else is like, I'm going to follow because I'm a sheep, right? So then everybody ultimately ends up storming the court when really it was just going to be a few people. Like if people did what they wanted, not everyone would storm the court like that. But there's just like a few morons. Uh, but that's how I feel. Like I actually, I do not consider myself a sheep. So there was an event recently I was at where it was like everyone just kept standing to applaud. And I just started sitting. And people like were looking at me like, oh, you're, a, I don't know if brat is the correct word. I was like, I, I don't care. I'm not standing anymore. I've already stood up to applaud for this person like 65 times. Like, I'm fine. I will just sit here. And, and now that I can't see the person, I will just look at the big screen and I will applaud while in the seated position and I will continue to eat my Caesar salad. Uh, okay, moving on. Finally, DeSantis, for the love of God, thank God he is he's out of the race. I stand by my opinion that he should have never have entered his hat in the first place, he should have never, ever have gotten into this presidential campaign. It was a bust from day one. Uh, and I think just the fact that he had such a relationship with Trump in the past, and if it wasn't for Trump endorsing him as governor years ago, he never even would have gotten to this political success that he had. Thought it was a bad move. Uh, I'm super happy he suspended the campaign. Even more excited that he's now endorsing Trump officially. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw DeSantis, who now is, I mean, all but the last, except for idiotic Nikki Haley, uh, to suspend their campaign and get behind Trump. I mean, it was the right thing to do. He had no path to victory. I like Ron. I think he's a good guy. I like the people around him. I think he's he's a very he's the best governor in America by far. 
But look, the primary is over. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. We can continue this charade a little bit longer if everyone wants. It's over. Trump is the nominee. It's Trump Biden. Fall in line and understand that's what it is and then make your choice accordingly. Yeah. And I hope no one falls for Nikki Haley's fraudness. I don't know if that's a word, uh, but she is. She's just a complete fraud. Uh, She shouldn't even be running for the Republican Party. the fact that she continually is stacking up these big Democratic donors is just more evidence of that. And hopefully people are opening their eyes and everybody now becomes suspicious of why Nikki Haley is still in this race. Um, David, thank you so much. We got into so many different topics and you presented so many great opinions, including that. Let's not forget if your son ever does decide to storm the court, he no longer gets financial aid. So to future David's future offspring. I, I hope that you, maybe you should show him this episode upon birth just so it really oh, resonates. Maybe like when sure. he's still in the womb, you play this episode so he can hear it like through the, you know, through the space. Without a doubt. Sounds like a plan. Love it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, David. Well, thank you so much. And we will see you soon. Thanks, Charlie. Talk to you later. I'll kick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Right. Well, now that we were just talking about Donald Trump, I think we should really just get into the entire goat conversation because there's something that every single goat has in common. They have a mentality like no other, because let's face it, when you're the best, you're going to have haters. Uh, I always go by the phrase, if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. You heard that one before. Uh, But naturally, winners will always get the last laugh no matter what. For example, let's take a look at Novak Djokovic. He was tormented and sidelined by the woke mob for being unvaxxed. Did it matter? Absolutely not. He still performed at the top of his game and kept winning. And now let's take a look at his response to someone yelling at him to get vaccinated recently at the Australian Open. Four match points. Please. Okay, I mean, just the look on his face. He was he was unfazed unbothered as he should be uh, because his response really just the the perfect comeback to someone telling him to get vaccinated he had an ace to win the match perfect love it so that is certainly one way to get your haters to shut up and then let's also look at tiger woods the greatest golfer of all time he had a confidence in himself when nobody else did and you can take a look if you need evidence of that a victory would be also nice too a victory mm. Do you think, um, to me, that comes off as uh, a little cocky or brash, especially talking to the, you know, the other guys on tour that have been out here for years and years and years? I've always figured that why go to a tournament if you're not going there to try and win? There's really no point in even going. Um, that's the attitude I've had my entire life, and that's the attitude I will always have. Um, as I will explain to my dad, second sucks, and third's even worse. Wow, it was a long time ago, baby Tiger Woods. But imagine what Curtis Strange has to say about that interview. Now that Tiger has secured 15 majors and over $120 million in prize money, not too shabby. Uh, Then there's the guy that everybody is trying to bring down. My guy, Donald Trump, arguably has the most haters in the world, but you just can't stop him. And his GOP opponents who keep dropping like flies, we already mentioned it, Ron DeSantis being the latest. So in lieu of that, In lieu of the success that he has been getting so far, let's take a look at some of his greatest mic drop moments. 
It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. Do you want him to rein in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot, you ask a lot of stupid questions. Oh my God, he, again, unfazed, unbothered, as it should be. When you're doing something right, it doesn't matter what other people say. And Trump does not have to give in to the media mob because he has a winning record that has included a thriving economy, something we do not have right now, that is very clear. A secure border, also something we do not have right now, that is also very clear. And peace with world leaders, so every time his haters try to lock him up and shut him up, listen, Trump just realizes that they feel threatened they have no other recourse, and he is doing something absolutely right. So hopefully Nikki Haley can learn that soon uh, because she needs to go immediately. And on that note, everybody, that is it. That is all we've got on this Monday morning. Thank you so much for being here. As always, you can catch me all over social media at Charlie on TV. And on that note, I am going to leave you with this. Have a fantastic Monday. Go do something nice for yourself. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.